Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, buddy? Nothing. What's going on with you? Just uh, hanging out. Finally got a, got a, got about 30 minutes or so to hang out with you before it's back to it. So yeah, um, yeah looking uh, forward to this. Yeah, man. I've been, this is, I needed this. Yeah, me too. I needed this. I, I felt like we were supposed to do this on Sunday. Uh, and then you kind of threw me for a loop. What, what happened on Sunday? Well, Sunday it was, you know, like it was supposed to be our day, right. our time. Yeah, we were gonna get together. Uh-huh. We were gonna hang out. Right. We we're gonna just talk about just what's going on in our hearts and and what we're reading, life, and family, ministry, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and we you did. Decided, we did that. Well, you, no. Well, then you invite Steve. No, Steve invited himself. So why is it that when we're trying to have this time, yeah. the McCoy Pond shows up? Uh, because he knows where the good stuff is going down. I was. Get it. It, it, Come on, that it, was a nice. That was nice. We got we hang out on the back porch of my house. It was. It was really it was really a nice. Really nice. Time. I mean, as long as I kind of you know almost cropped someone out. Of my mind. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you take that family photo mm-hmm. and then, you know. Uh, oh, and you got like the, the your brother-in-law or somebody. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. weird in there. Some, there's some like, in-law so relative. And they're like, no longer like part of the family. It's like, how, how do you, you got to crop them out. That's why you the, always make sure they're on the edges okay, of a that, photo. But if, listen, you got to step up your game because what you do is you hide the tripod and then you tell that person, hey, why don't you hold the camera and take the picture of us? No, And then see, they're out. No, no, no. Because you that, that, that's who offend, you offend the family member that brought them. Don't care. No, but see, that's why, you know, you got to be care smart. about my photo. No, nope. you keep them on the sides mm-hmm. and then you crop them. That's why I did uh, wedding photos. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then uh, the, cropped someone out. The Canadian crop out. The Canadian crop out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, Sunday was good. Um, needed it. Yeah, we needed it's that. Been, it. It's been, it's been a season. And it's we're joking, Steve. We love you. That was uh, very intentional for all three of us to get together. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And yeah, today, man, cool, like we, cool, cool, cool. we need these things, right? We, we need those times to get together. And we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess, in a little bit more detail later on. But we, we need those times frequently. But in this season, it's really important. Uh, it was it was like a spring rain on a hot summer day. Okay, I, that's, that creates mud. I don't want to. No, no, that it, was like, you know, it was like it was like where it's really hot. Yeah. And the rain comes and yeah. you see the steam. Yeah. And then the mosquitoes come out and then, and then like, you, you like, get malaria like, and like, then you it's die. Like, it's a terrible. I've had no. malaria. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. You go, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Listen, uh, that, that, that's not how I, I, I think more of it like it's a cool breeze when you're sitting in the shade on a sunny day. That's more what it was like. Yeah. No. Yeah, nobody wants the rain. So everyone wants the rain. What are we talking about? They want purple rain. Per- what? I no idea. Purple Raid. Mm-mm. You don't know who I'm talking about? Of course not. I don't listen to that music. What do you mean you don't listen? Prince. Yeah, oh, sorry, oh, the far, far, artist, far, far, far known as Prince. As Prince, yeah. <laughs> he's dead now. He's genius. Yeah. 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 Well, not anymore. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about discouragement. Now, why would, we, why would we do an episode on discouragement? Because we talk about what we know. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of busting of chops and discouragement. That's, uh, that's we, those uh, are the things that's we our life. Um, you know, it's weird because you know we, we try to be really transparent, very real uh, on the podcast and just in life with our friends, mm-hmm. whether we're preaching or just hanging out. We we try to be uh, honest about what we're going through, where we're at, and uh, this has been a season. And it's by been, season, uh, you know, seasons are not a week long. Seasons there's only four in the year. So, and, 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 in, <laughs> and in, now we have the fifth. Yeah. Well, in Illinois, the winter season lasts like nine months. Well, so, yeah, you uh, only have winter and construction. That's yeah, all you have in Chicago. <laughs> so we are, our seasons are long. This has been a long season of discouragement and that yep. doesn't mean that, you know, God isn't doing good things or that we don't have much to rejoice in, but, we uh, do, yeah. but it, we have been discouraged, yeah. uh, in an, a number of different ways and we've been getting emails and messages from people who are also discouraged. They've been asking us, Hey, what about this? And Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just got another one, uh, like yesterday from a brother who's in ministry and he just like, he's like, I just need a vent. I just need to talk to somebody. And he was just sharing what he's going through. And it was Mm -hmm. all the normal kind of stuff that, that a lot of people find themselves going through at a certain stage in their life or ministry where they are discouraged. We all get discouraged. Yeah. We all do, but but what is it? How 
how do we explain exactly what discouragement is? Because we're not just talking about, well, you feel kind of down. You feel yeah. kind of bad. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more specific. It's, it's something that. more. And, and, and uh, Joe, you've defined discouragement in the past as like, like an unhappiness or the sorrow, like a sorrow stemming from sin or brokenness in creation. So you kind of broke that down kind of in a big picture right. sort of way, right? Because well, sometimes it's, it's more specifically related to sin or sometimes it's not. Directly related to this, and it's just brokenness, catastrophe, uh, you know, disappointment. So when we're talking about from sin, you know, we're talking about like from our own sin, like yeah. the, the kind of the you know, stemming from our sin or the fall, brokenness in creation. Yeah, th- those are those are the I think the, the two most common ways that we see it uh, connected to our experience, and we see this in scripture, right? There's a there's a a few scriptures that that come to mind. One of the scriptures that I was looking at this week was Job three uh, verses 20 through 26. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter in soul who long for death, but it comes not and dig for it more than for hidden treasures who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden whom God has hedged in for my sighing comes from instead of my bread and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Yeah, yes. we know that. Uh, I know this, that. Is, this is the the word of the week. This is our. <laughs> this is our. This is the chorus of the song of this season. Oh, goodness. <laughs> or how about is. or how about Second uh, Corinthians one eight and nine? Mm. Uh, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affl- affliction we experienced in St. Charles, Illinois. It For says Asia. Were, it says Asia. In St. Charles. Okay. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life mm, itself. Yeah. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Oh, he's got that hope in there, which we need so badly, but you can see the, the description of it, right? Yeah. I mean, just say that we so utterly burdened, and it, it's not just a, a burden it, it, or an utter burden. It's one that's beyond our strength, mm-hmm. right? And then these words, I think, are, are, are powerful. I mean, the descriptors of despaired of life itself. It's mm-hmm. like, why, why continue on? Indeed, we had felt that we had received the sentence of death. And, and honestly, you know, as we've been kind of going through our season, you know, uh, it's been, I've been feeling that weight, that burden, yeah. that, that discouragement. It's like at, at point of like, not to the point of like, man, why even continue on? Right. You know, but some it, people it, get there though. Some people get there, yeah. you know, but you know, there is that point of like, where you're like, man, this is ministry. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what we deal with. This is what you sign up for. This is what it's you a, sign up for. We were just saying a little while ago before the mics were on how like, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if you're not ready to deal with, you know, soul choking discouragement, you probably shouldn't be uh, pursuing ministry Yeah, uh, because that's going to be a part of it at times. Yeah. 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 Listen, I know in school, I know in seminary where you got the seminary, huh? In the seminary, in the seminary, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they give you the impression that ministry is just sitting in your lounge, sitting in your study, reading Burkoff, mm-hmm. uh, and you're just gonna spend twenty to twenty five hours crafting this sermon and meeting with leadership. And that and, sermon, by the way, oh, that's going to it's produce gonna, an amazing revival. It's gonna blow people's socks off. Oh yeah, uh, and then yeah, nope. This is this is the real ministry. There's a you got eight hours or less to craft your sermon, <laughs> and people don't like you, and you don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> now, we don't have that quite experience here because my preaching is uh, sock-knocking worthy. And, so I like uh, that that's what you captured yeah, rather than yeah. the not liking people. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't think people don't like me. I think people – but no, I, maybe, maybe people don't I, – I think here's, – here's how I would say it. People don't hate me. Mm. I think they put up. They just don't like me. There's, there's a difference. No, no, there's a difference there. Yeah. There's yeah, like a difference subtle, there. Subtle, subtle. But subtle yeah, you know what I mean, though. You feel yeah. like – Goodness, what is going on? Right, and there are a lot of people in a lot of situations where they are in churches where they genuinely don't feel loved or cared for. We do. We feel very much loved and cared for. Oh, we have a great church in this church, but um, but a lot of people they they really don't. And there, I mean, how many times have you heard? I know I've heard it a bunch where you hear pastors or former pastors admit that I really don't like our people. I don't like people. Why are you there? Yeah. Why are you there? Or how did you get to that point while you were there? What happened? Because you, yeah. 
Yeah, there was, there was something that changed that your heart just turned cold, right? Uh, to the people that God has entrusted you with, and that's you know that that's uh, you know one of the things we, we wanted to talk about is is what is it that actually dis- that triggers discouragement? Mm. You know, like uh, it doesn't just come out of nowhere; it comes from something. And so, what are some of the things that that you think of that? cause a person to experience, you know, significant sorrow or unhappiness. Um, in their yeah. Life. I mean, it might, it might come to some surprise to people, uh, but members in your church, regular attenders, people that are part of your congregation, uh, they're sitters. They're not as perfect as I think, as you think they are. As you want them to as be. As you want them to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why is it that you want them to be? Because sometimes we just don't want to deal with it, but yeah. It, it, so the sin of others, right? Like you're dealing with people mm. that are still uh, uh, clinging to their sin, that are being tempted and, and swayed by uh, by the world and, and the enemy. Yeah, it's like the, the when we say that the sin of others is a trigger for discouragement, it's not that like we're mad that they made that decision, though that, of course, that could happen. That could Depends be, on the decision, yeah. yeah. But it's more like you're, these are people that you care about, people that you love. And you, there, inevitably, there will be someone or, or a group of people or whatever in your church who are, you know, they're hitting that self-destruct button. They, they're, they're making the wrong choice. They're, they're engaging in folly. And so we can see the destruction that's about to come. Then you see the destruction that is happening. And despite the warning and the counsel and the help and all of that, uh, they some, do it anyways. That sometimes people will do it anyways. And it, it'd be, and listen, if you didn't care, if you didn't love, you wouldn't feel it. You'd be like, yeah. all right, well, that's not a discouragement because it is not my problem. Yeah. No, it's me problemo. Wait, what? Yeah. You like that. Good, good job. Mm-hmm. Good job. I'm mm-hmm. really proud of your inclusiveness. Yeah. Thank you for appropriating yet another culture. Well, that's what we do. We just take it all. Uh, sin of others is good. Uh, the suffering of others. Mm. We see that a lot too. And, and I've talked about this a lot that I've, you know, that one of the things that God taught me, um, over the past 20 years is that pastoral ministry and any kind of open and transparent church life is going to expose you to a significant degree of affliction. And it oftentimes is not going to be your affliction, but the affliction of other people that you care yeah. for. You see them hurting, suffering. Yeah. Sometimes it's because of their own sin, but oftentimes it's just because of the broken world. You know, uh, we've had children, we, we We've had families uh, lose their kids here uh, through SIDS, um, stillbirth, uh, many miscarriages, mm-hmm. late-term miscarriages. Um, you know, we've had people lose their jobs, uh, you know, experience severe physical um, illness. We just had a, another woman that was diagnosed with a, a serious cancer. We're going to mm-hmm. go and pray with her uh, later this week and her family. Uh, that's a, That could be a big one. I mean, you see how many people are suffering and for some people, you don't see much relief coming their way and you feel it and it just hurts. Mm. For some people, uh, uh, discouragement is triggered by the degradation of culture, right? Like they look at the world around us, they see the culture, they see how it's shifting um, and, and really shifting away from God. But to the point where it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for there, Joe? It's like, it, it's not just wanting to not follow God, but anti-God. Right. Yeah. And of course, listen, America's never been this, you know, Christian utopia. Yeah, that's or not like what that. I'm trying to say. But yeah, the, the, the culture does continue to uh, drift farther and farther away mm-hmm. from any semblance of, of, of what we had had in the past of normalcy, not in every area, but some, some basic Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, yeah. Um, those things are, have been rapidly deteriorating. And you know, that, that in general doesn't weigh on me as much, you know, yeah. like, but I, I, we specifically got a, a message from somebody saying like, they're so yeah, discouraged that, by yeah. this, uh, by this thing. And so uh, you're right. That, that is one. And then, you know, that manifests itself in specific issues. And that's where I do tend to feel it. Right. So abortion, mm-hmm. uh, child abuse, rape, sex trafficking, uh, all of these things. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, those more specific, concrete examples can be a discouragement because you know, we're murdering millions of children yeah. every year where uh, kids are abused and people are covering it up. And, you know, all this stuff that's happening is, um, is, is, is weighty, you know, and people that are sensitive, people that are feeling it uh, can just feel crushed by it. 
Yeah, and, and another manifestation of that is is persecution, right? Mm. Uh, when the church is being persecuted, and some people some people feel that you know they feel for their brothers and sisters uh, uh, across the world that are truly experiencing uh, forms of persecution. They feel it here when they uh, whether it's perceived or or not. Uh, where the culture is persecuting them, where they feel right. like they're they're being That's judged pressure. or are pressured yeah. uh, to not to not follow. Yeah, we get like mocked and sidelined and things like that. But yeah, it's like we, we, we think about these other, you know, in other countries where, you know, Christians are severely culturally mm-hmm. marginalized at the easiest, at the lightest level. Yeah. Or, or being where beheaded or churches being bombed. Right. I mean, or more significantly, right. Where their lives are taken, their families are taken apart, their churches are burned down and people are thrown into jail. It's a, it's a heavy thing. And while we're talking about the church, right, a lot of people are triggered into discouragement through like just fruitlessness in the church. You, you, maybe you're laboring and uh, in your ministry, you're working really hard. You're, you're, maybe you're trying to do all the right things and ain't nothing happening yeah. that you can see. Right. You know, I know it was uh, William Carey labored for years in India uh, without seeing a convert. And I can imagine how discouraging that yeah. is for a person. And then, you know, we've got people, you know, here in, in our culture, in our area where they're working hard, they're doing the right things and they're being faithful, but they're not seeing conversions. Uh, they're struggling in a number of different ways in their churches and they just they don't understand, you yeah. know, and they just it's hard to breathe. Yeah, and then along with that, then is for some people in leadership, uh, there's discouragement from resistance to the truth in 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 the church. Now, listen, <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about you, right? I'm not talking about you that uh, is pretty judgmental and arrogant and thinking you've got your theology all lined up, and all these other people just don't get it. I'm yeah, not calm down, Alex you. Jones. It's not a conspiracy <laughs> uh, for uh, against you. You know, calm down, you cage stagers. Just relax. I'm right. not. I'm not talking about you. Where all of a sudden now you think, oh, this is the mantle I have to bring truth to the church. This is how I know I'm being faithful because everybody hates my guts because all I do is talk about the five points of Calvinism, or you know, sit there and mock them for <laughs> right, yeah. for what's going on. It's it can't be because I'm just a jerk to be around and, right. and a pain and a pill. Uh, you're you're not the one I'm talking about. For the unicorn minister out there <laughs> that is truly in a church that is resisting truth. I can understand. I could see why you're discouraged. Right. And that does happen. You know, there, there, are, there are guys out there. One that, in a million. Yep. Yeah. The, no, I think it's more often than that. Yeah. One in a hundred million. So they just made it higher. Yeah. I don't. You, <laughs> you made it worse. <laughs> no, there are definitely people out there that are, that are preaching. They're doing the right thing. And then they'll find resistance to the truth. And maybe it's not the whole church. Usually it isn't. But it's oftentimes uh, a powerful family yeah. or a board of leaders or um, something like that. There's a, there's a small group or a Sunday school class. And now they're, they're, they're hearing the truth. Yeah. And they're they're sowing discord and all of that. I do I I see that. And then there's of course there's you know heresy in the church, right? When you see yeah. you know these influential writers, preachers, pastors who are peddling false doctrine that are leading people away from the truth, that can be discouraging. When you see how how big their influence is, you know how 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 many subscribers they have, and you're just thinking like, and you're thinking, man, man I know the Jofo's better. Yeah, well, how, why, how, why, why, why for I can't be on the top five podcast list? How come? How come Doc and Devo isn't like getting a million downloads uh, a month? How come? I, how I don't know. See, you know, here we are. Listen, it's resistance to the truth of the church, Joe. That's what it is. So wait, if we get a uh, hundred thousand downloads a month, is that a tenth of a million? What do you think? Joe? I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking. What do you think? I think it's a tenth. Good job. Already I got it. I did the math. <laughs> yeah, we're at a t- one tenth. <laughs> what? One tenth of, of, of the big dogs. So, and then of course, like most recently we've been talking about, you know, uh, a lot about abusive leaders. Mm-hmm. That, and we see that all around. I mean, that, and uh, having been under abusive leadership, it's, it, it's incredibly discouraging. Uh, it just knocks the, the wind out of you. Uh, it just sucks the joy out mm-hmm. of going to church. It sucks the joy of meeting in the assembly. And it, I, for me personally, it, it was definitely something that that triggered uh, discouragement, and and so I see that in people. I see people that are that are discouraged because of uh, pastors that are verbally abusive, emotionally, and most often spiritually abusive, using yeah. the word of God to uh, control and uh, manipulate uh, 
uh, mm. the congregation. And, and we've been watching people and, and, and helping people, counseling people that are coming out of like harvest and places like yeah. this where they are so discouraged. They don't know what to do. Like they, they, it's like they, they, they know like, Hey, we should belong to a church, but they, they can't just jump into another church. They're just hurting too much. And they're like, I don't, yeah, the pain's I, there. Yeah. The pain's real. And, the, and so they don't know what to do. And that, maybe we should talk about that. Like what are some of the effects of discouragement? Like when you are truly discouraged, yeah. when sin and brokenness in the world, uh, intersects with your life, your soul, your experience. Oh, what does that produce in us? Yeah, I mean, I, I think of Psalm uh, fifteen thirteen, right? A glad heart makes a cheerful face. Oh, that's good stuff right there. There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. You know, it's actually that's probably mine. Yeah, it's also it's also better when you read that in Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably in Proverbs. <laughs> you know, but Psalms has a variation of it. In, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the... Uh, one, Psalm 160. In, in the Septuagint. You just don't. It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. I'll, I'll teach you later. I love that, right? <laughs> a glad heart makes a cheerful you face. You know how much I hate you right now? People, <laughs> not enough. But people people can see a happy person most of the time. Sometimes I don't look happy when I am, but that's just... No, uh, you just really have that, that look on your yeah, face. RBF. But the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is... Crushed. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's echoed in uh, Proverbs eighteen fourteen. Psalm as well. eighteen fourteen. Yeah. Um, Proverbs. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Mm. It's like you know, it's bad enough when you're sick, especially if you're a dude, right? You know, because we uh, we tend to feel it. You know, we well, yeah, we because I think bit. I think like when we actually get sick, it's probably what like a hundred, a million times more than the, you know, women and children. Yeah. It's, it's always a stronger strain that would kill a woman or a child. No, no. If, if a bear, if a grizzly bear got the sickness that oh, yeah. we get, they'd be done. Yeah. They, they couldn't they, handle that. They couldn't handle it. So, but we can deal with it. It's just, it's hard. It's just harder. And so, you know what? Bear with us when we have the man cold, because that man cold yeah. is a million times stronger, but a crushed spirit, Man, it's it's a different kind of sickness at that point, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's unbearable. Like, and this is what we've seen when we were reading those passages earlier uh, from Job and Second Corinthians. Like, discouragement brings an affliction of the soul upon yeah. a person that is more than you can bear on your own. And so, so what are the effects? Like, what are some of the things that it does? I know one of the things that it does to me is it makes me. Uh, very lethargic. Mm. A lot of people who are discouraged, sloth-like. Yeah, they just they're they're tired, they're weary, they're unmotivated, and they just don't want to move. You know, yeah. and so you know this this can spiral into depression and, and all of that. But that's definitely one that that I've experienced. Where man, when I'm when I'm that kind of rolled over by by something, I just you know it, it's hard to it feels hard to breathe. You know, it feels like, and Jen knows, right? Jen knows uh, that if I'm, if I'm anxious or discouraged about something uh, because she can hear me sighing all that, I'm like, (sighs) cause it's like, so she knows. Yeah, no, no. And I see you, you know, do that often. Yeah. You little, (sighs) and then I rub my face. (laughs) And you put your glasses up and just do this thing like this. Yeah, that thing right there. (laughs) That's what I do. That's my move. Feels better. You feel better. I always now? have, but when I, a nice big sigh and I rub my face feels makes me feel better for five <laughs> seconds. Well, well, for me, I think one of the effects is is anger. Mm. You just get just get mad, get upset. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I, I just something inside. I'm just. Uh, I'm a part of it's just frustration, right? Just frustration. Why? Why? Why can't you just just do it? This just just do it. Just do what I'm telling you to do, and you'll be fine. Just right. do it that way. But why are you doing this thing to yourself? And why do you think you like you thought it? You see, it doesn't work. You've done it for so long. Why are you still going to keep doing it that way? Now, when you say that to yourself in the mirror, do you talk back? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. it, cause it actually goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes we're talking to somebody and they're just, they're not going to do the right thing. But sometimes we're angry with ourselves. That's right. I, I, I say it to the man in the mirror and I start there with the man in the mirror. Um, bitterness. Oh, that's that's all you. We call that the, no, we call that the thorn. A, I don't get. I just no. I don't get bitter. What? I get. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, you. Oh, so. I get more. I get more hope. Now, bitter means like I, I don't even get that angry. I like my anger lasts. My anger is hot and it lasts about two seconds and then it burns off. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bitterness, though, I think is more of that that long and sustained. Um, anger towards a person or a situation that 
that not only takes away your joy, um, but leads to it can lead to a kind of uh, vindictiveness, mm. right? Where you're lashing out. Like you could be angry and not lash out, uh, but bitterness, I think, is is more likely to be manifested. And I think bitterness is is pretty is is, is pretty pinpointed uh, towards a person or a situation. I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I do I do see that uh, happening um, in in a number of people when they're when they're discouraged. But more than that. Uh, maybe more commonly, I see uh, like just hopelessness mm. where they feel like nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah. They, they just give up. You know, it's like the, you, you go through these stages of, of trying to cope and to deal. And at some point you're tempted to just give up and say, God is not going to do anything or I'm not going to be able to pull this off or nothing is going to ever get better. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a scary place to be. Yeah. Uh, for some people, it manifests itself uh, in in backsliding, right? Where mm-hmm. they go back to uh, their sin. They're so discouraged and they're looking for some coping mechanism, something to... Uh, did you hit the... Yes, you, I, I, but my Diet Coke hit the arm. I keep, I keep knocking the arm. <laughs> my, <laughs> so for some people, they get so discouraged, they go and they lose that hopelessness uh, and they're, or they're angry and they're bitter uh, and, and they go to what they think is going to help relieve some of that tension and they backslide. They like, backslide to old ways or mm-hmm. old habits, old routines because it's familiar. It's familiar and it feels good in the short term. Yeah. Right? You're like, hey, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be my escape. Uh, I'm gonna, and it, you know, we know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. But here's the problem. If you go into your sin because you're discouraged uh, and you start to cope that way, all that does is reinforce uh, the habit of going to your sin instead of going to yeah. Christ. So this is a real problem, you know, and uh, the danger is like, well, you know, I'm forgiven anyways. And what am I going to do? And uh, this is not, uh, this is not good. And another thing that people do, uh, another effect of discouragement is uh, when you are discouraged, sometimes, especially if you're backslidden, you want to sow discouragement, like mm. misery loves company. Like, uh, oh, uh, I'm down, and so I'm going to bring everybody else down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, there's there is a place, we're going to talk about this, there's a place for sharing this and talking about it and venting. There's a place for that, but there's a difference between sharing and seeking help and getting counsel and even venting. There's a difference between that and sowing discouragement yeah. so that everybody else is miserable with you. So I, th- there are there are a lot of effects of discouragement. These are just some of the ones that, that we're thinking about. But so- so yeah, I mean, then how do we fight against discouragement, right? That's like, the we, question, we can, yeah. yeah, that's the question, right? Is that all of us are going to face that? We're all going to come to a season uh, or a situation where we're going to be tempted to be discouraged, or it's going to really we're going to feel the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how do we how do we fight against discouragement? How do we handle those situations? All right, so we jotted down six things here that uh, that are good, and you know, as we're going through this, as as we've been kind of outlining this, it's it's actually been really good for me. <laughs> Like I've, I've thought this is, uh, it's been helpful for me personally. I've, mm. I've been praising God for this. So the first one is the one hopefully that most of our listeners are dialed into, right? You want to fight discouragement, then you need to meditate on gospel truth, right? You need to uh, make sure that you're pressing into the truth of God, the theology uh, that is revealed in the word of God uh, that will allow you to see the hope that you have in Christ. So for example, one of the big ones that I think of is Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, that says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? These are oftentimes triggers for discouragement, right? Mm-hmm. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to Mm. separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is not cliche. Yeah. Just because you are familiar with this gospel truth that the love of God is our salvation in Christ and his atoning sacrifice, just because you're familiar with that doesn't mean that this is a cliche, trite truism. This is the truth that saves. And if you know this, if we will meditate on this, if we will find our bearings once again in the midst of uh, this, these uh, 
the tempest, right? The tempest, yeah. the storm that we're in the midst of. If we can find our bearings in the love of God. We will find that we are more than conquerors. We're mm-hmm. not just going to eke through this. We're not just going to barely get through. We can be more than conquerors through all of these things, through our most difficult situations and discouragements through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, one of the gospel truths that, that I, I love mm-hmm. is, uh, Psalm 34, 18, uh, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So I love that the Lord is near. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm discouraged, when I'm, when I'm upset, when I'm going through the season, I feel isolated. I feel alone. I feel like the Lord is far from me. That's I right. feel like he doesn't hear me. I feel like he doesn't see the affliction that I'm under. I feel like at times he's, he's just ignoring, mm-hmm. he's ignoring my cries for relief in this. But the truth is this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted yeah. and he saves the crushed in spirit. So you are not alone. You are not forgotten. The Lord will pull you through. As Joe even talked about, we will be more than conquerors. It's not just eked through and he saves the crushed in spirit. And that's really important, right? Because remember back in Proverbs 15 and 18, right? Sorrow of a heart crushes the spirit yeah. who can bear a crushed spirit. Well, no one can. That's why we need the Lord uh, to be the one who saves those who are crushed in spirit uh, to the broken. You want to slurp some more on your Slurpee? Is it an actual Slurpee? Yep. You stopped and got a Slurpee. Yep. From where? 7-Eleven? Nope. Where? Taco Bell. Oh, my gosh. I thought, no. Who gets a Slurpee at Taco Bell? I did, because I wanted a crunch wrap. <laughs> It's the worst thing. Why, 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 why are you laughing? I don't understand why you would get a Slurpee. First of all, Taco Bell is horrible because they don't have Coke products. It makes so me the, here's the thing. want to yeah, burn yeah, exactly. down Taco so Bell. So I did want Mountain Dew, and yeah. I thought, hey, I'll take the healthy alternative, and I'll take I'm, the- Oh, sorry. Hold on. I'll you take the healthy alternative and grab the strawberry Skittles uh, Freezy. Okay. I like that you think that's a healthy alternative, because <laughs> you think Skittles is a fruit. <laughs> it tastes the rainbow. <laughs> You know, the thing about you said that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. it's the truth that God is always uh, with his people. His love doesn't waver towards yeah. us. Our experience of God wavers. Our communion with God can ebb and flow, but God is constant. There's that famous quote from Richard Sibbs where he says, the sun shines as clearly in the darkest day as it does in the brightest. The difference is not in the sun but in some clouds that hinder the manifestation of the light thereof. So God loves us as well when he does not shine in the brightness of his countenance upon us as when he does. God's love doesn't change. So just because you you can't see the sun, like we've been getting a lot of rain here uh, in Chicago. Uh, Just because you can't see the sun doesn't mean the sun isn't shining bright. It is, still is. And God's love shines bright. It's always, always constant, even if you can't see it as readily as you would like. It shines bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Number two, uh, persevere in prayer. Uh, Mm. John Newton wrote, the difficulties and conflicts, the deadness and temptations we meet with in our attempts to pray are not pleasant, yet to persevere in prayer in the midst of such discouragement is one of the best proofs of our sincerity and that we serve the Lord upon a right principle and for his own sake. These things are the trials of faith, and we cannot be well assured that our faith is right until it has stood trials. Every hypocrite may continue to pray so long as he finds it pleasant. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I mean, here's the thing. like, I, I When you're in discouragement, when you're in that, that season, it's difficult to pray. You, uh, and you even talked, Joe, about that hopelessness. It's like, what's the point? Of, of praying. How long am I supposed to pray this same prayer? Over and over and, and over again. God keeps saying no or not yet or whatever. And yet we are called to persevere in the midst of these things as it is. It's proof. It's fruit of our sincerity. It's fruit. It's proof of our dependence and our faith upon our God that uh, we serve not for our sake, but for his. And that mm-hmm. as we're praying, we're seeking, we're seeking his will, not ours. Yeah, I think... You know, Jesus gives parables about this, right? Uh, the persistent widow, yeah. right? The, the, you know, the, the annoying neighbor, right? We're, we're, su- we're supposed to continue in prayer even when we can't see an immediate answer coming. You know, listen, if you're discouraged and you want to find relief, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say you're not likely to find relief if you aren't persevering in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, God delights to answer the requests of his children, and, uh, and he knows when the best time is to do that. So... Persevering in prayer is going to be one of the ways to fight against it because in praying, you are calling to mind the person, the work, 
the character of God. Uh, you're calling to mind the promises of God. Uh, when you're truly praying, right, you are dwelling on those gospel truths, but you are applying them to your life and to your need, and you're asking God for assistance. You can expect that God hears you, and you can expect that God will answer you when and how, of course, that is up to him. And I'll just be honest, like I can remember praying for about a year that God would give me relief in the midst of my deepest uh, season of anxiety back in 2011, 2012. And oh, he uh, did give it to you. <gasps> what? I came in 2012. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I came, <laughs> Rolls in, 20, eyes. I came in 2012. And it was. The Lord uh, answered. Lord, Lord works, the Lord works in mysterious this ways. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I had to wait. Take that, Steve McCoy. <laughs> this was God-ordained, son. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> Trying to pretend like you guys don't fight over who's my best friend. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, had, I mean, it took a long time. Like, God was just saying no, no, no. And I know you guys are like, God's not saying no. He's saying not yet. Okay. Hey, guess what? Not yet. Feels mean, like no. Well, not yet means no <laughs> for now. Still means no, dummy. Don't you don't have to get all like, well, he's not, you're not saying no. Yeah, he's yeah. saying no for now. Yeah, no. I mean, God waited till October 2012. And then Jimmy showed up. And you're then, welcome. Uh, the the, the Jofo began. Yeah, that's uh, that was the beginning. So, yeah, I think persevering in prayer is uh, is a really good thing. I would also say um, one of the ways that we fight against discouragement is learning to submit to God's rule. Right? You Meaning that in the midst of the frustrations and the pains that we have because of sin or brokenness, um, we have to recognize that God is sovereign, that God is good, and that his rule over our lives and his rule over the world is righteous. Even when we can't see his righteousness, all we see is the wickedness of the world or the, or the brokenness and the despair that comes from a, a fallen realm, uh, we need to recognize that God is is in charge and that he is good mm-hmm. and we can submit to his plan knowing like it's going somewhere. Even if we don't know, like I can't see where God's taken us. I, you know, I, I know the final destination, like he's told us where we're going mm-hmm. right, ultimately, but I don't understand the path that he's taking all the time. And so it's, it's important for us to, to have a posture of meekness and humility before him. Yeah. So we're not raging the whole time about things not happening in the way that we think they should happen. And, and it's only possible to submit to God's rule in the midst of wickedness and sin if you're able to really embrace the the hope that God will hold every sin accountable right he will uh no sin is is going to get uh overlooked right mm-hmm. so either Christ will pay and has paid for that sin or sinners will pay for that sin but God will ultimately make it right in the end um another well, this, way is, this is your thing this is your jam right here well this is my jam dwelling gospel community i think it's uh, uh getting together with your brothers and sisters in mm-hmm. christ uh not just on the lord's day but throughout the week and in small groups and discipleship groups and bible studies whatever you're going to call them joe thorne's back porch yeah joe thorne's back porch having fellowship uh where you able there's the mutual edification where you're able to encourage each other and and um and admonish each other. Second uh, Corinthians seven six. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Ooh. And actually, I think for Joe, it by coming of Fofo. Yeah, yeah. Who down? Yeah. So, but God, who comforted the downcast, Joe Thorne, comforted him by the coming of Fofo. That's right. That's true. I'm pretty. That's what that's it says true. right there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the the, so, the first coming of Fofo, the first coming yeah, of the Fofo. advent. The, wait, yeah. So there's gonna uh, wait, wait, what? Yeah, there's gonna be a second Fofo. Yeah, well, there'll be a second coming. Yeah. Yeah, well, eventually, ev- as we, go. <laughs> we will eventually fire you and uh, send you packing. Uh, but then you'll come back, and that'll be the the, the second coming. But so, just that in- that encouragement. That, so recognize that God comforts the downcast, comforts us by the coming of Titus. So this community, this relationship, this this uh, camaraderie, and this friendship. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we are created to be in community with our God and with each other. Uh, and in that community, we, as Romans twelve fifteen, we rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And so as people in our community, people uh, that we're close to, people that we're in relationship with, as, as they rejoice, we come alongside them and we praise God with them. We praise God with them as, as God answers their prayers, as, mm-hmm. as God gives them uh, what their hearts desire. Uh, we, we weep with those. We weep with yeah. those who suffer and struggle and and um, 
um, are in the midst of their own trials and 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 circumstances. So it's really uh, important, right? That like you're talking about Romans twelve fifteen there, right? Rejoice yeah. with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, because um, like that you can't do that outside of community. Like weeping with those who weep is weeping with them. No, it's not like, hey, I'm thinking about them, yeah. not talking to them. No, I'm, I'm going to weep uh, for them over here. Yeah, by myself. By myself. Just, yeah, by, for, just, you know, just, just me and my Bible. Yeah, just in, in between commercial breaks on The Amazing Race. That's when I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> That's know. when I'll go ahead and weep. You know, one of the things, so during uh, DG, which is discipleship group, we have these small bands of people that get together outside of our small groups. These DGs, discipleship groups, are just a few brothers or sisters who gather together for mutual encouragement. Yeah, I got mine tonight. Well, mine was this morning, and we did uh, the last two verses of James chapter one today. Oh, what did it say? And well, verse 27 said this, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So here is one of the clear manifestations of true religion, right? Of godliness, of, of godliness that is derived from gospel truth. Um, true religion is seen in gospel community to help those who face discouragement, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Orphans and widows, right? Talk about being discouraged. These are people that are helpless, yeah. especially in this culture. Uh, first century, uh, they were, you know, cast aside. Mm -hmm. They had no uh, resources available to, to them, for themselves. right? Like really in need. And so godliness means I go to them. I visit with them. What? Just to, just to say, man, Let's too bad, it. too, too bad for you. And then you leap. No, you hang praying you, for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to go. I'm having a barbecue. Yeah, uh, my yeah, place. Later. Yeah, uh, thinking about you. Oh, my friend, be in the back porch with Steve and Jimmy. So uh, I'll talk to you later. You're not invited. Uh, no, I mean, you actually visit with them. You actually spend, uh, spend time with mm -hmm. them. So yeah, I like that. Dwell in gospel community. That's a good one, Jimmy. Uh, number five. Um, I would say look for and rejoice in God's work. So when you're discouraged, oftentimes it's because you, God is not at work, at least in a way that you can see it, right? You can't see God at work in a particular area. Things are falling apart. Things are disintegrating. Things are blowing up. Maybe you just hit the self-destruct button in your life, or maybe people that you care for are making bad decisions and they're hurting themselves, and uh, or you're just not seeing fruitfulness. You're, you're downcast. You're discouraged. Well, take some time to look for and rejoice in the work that God is doing because you know, I think John Piper said something like this a long time ago, and it was really good. You know, uh, women can't be officers uh, or wrestlers. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, they can't be wrestlers or officers. Gotcha. Or, or soldiers. Or so, gotcha. Or in public office, presidents. Yeah, yeah, can't be presidents. All right. So yeah, okay. Be. No, one of the good things that he said was um, something like, and this is a, a paraphrase, something like, uh, at any given moment in your life, God is doing a, a, a thousand different things, and you might be able to see just a few of them. Um, which I like that that God is doing so much. He's mm -hmm. a God of details. He's a God of providence. He's a God of purpose. And so take time to look for and to rejoice in the work that God is doing. So if you're focusing on where you can't see God, then you're not going to see where God is at work clearly. Mm -hmm. And then you can't rejoice in that. And if you can rejoice in the work of God, you know what that does is it lifts your countenance. You're like, God is still here. He's still active. Mm -hmm. he, he hasn't left me. I can see that he is close because I can see him doing these things. And maybe he isn't answering my prayers for my specific need at this very moment. I do see him answering other people's prayers and working in their lives right now. So I know that he is real and he is with us. It's a way to actually fight back against it. So look for and rejoice in God's work. And along with that, number six, look for and enjoy God's good gifts. So mm. he's He's given us great gifts. He's given us a, a great community to be a part of. He's given us uh, a great family. I mean, he's given us uh, all these these gifts. Big and uh, small. Big and small that we should just rejoice in and be thankful for. Because uh, I think in the midst of depression, in the midst of despair, it's easy to lose sight mm -hmm. of of all the kindness and graciousness and mercy of our God that he has bestowed upon us. Uh, and we need to take count, take an inventory and, and, and I think gives perspective. Right. You know, you know, like it's 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 OK. Ninety percent of the time it's fine. Relax. You know what I mean? Like, OK, every once in a while something blows up like that. Let's put right. things in perspective and look and enjoy these good gifts that God has given us so that even like as we're going through this season that, that Joe and I have been talking about, uh, we're going through this season, uh, I need to lean more into than my wife and kids, right? Because mm -hmm. these are good gifts that God has given me. I can rejoice in these. I, um, I'm overjoyed uh, when I'm with my family. And and part of that is is a kindness of God, right? right? In the midst of that, I receive this, this it embrace this grace and kindness of God that he's given me um, for even just a short time before I get 
brought right back into the situation, you know? And, the, and those gifts, right? Like, don't miss out on the small gifts, those small good things that God gives you. Because I know a lot of people, when, they, when they're getting, they're, they're facing depression and discouragement, it, uh, people will oftentimes say or experience like, then the food doesn't even taste good anymore. You know, like I just, you know, like I just, I just, I, it's almost like you, you can't enjoy these good gifts that are still there. They're mm-hmm. still real, but some of that, not all of it, but some of that is a choice, right? Like, uh, like you went and you got that stupid Skittle Slurpee. Uh, yeah, there it is. So gross. You want some? No, of course not. They're good. Oh, so nasty. <laughs> It's the worst. Why would you get a skill? First of all, if you get a Slurpee, you go to 7-Eleven. Second of all, if you do that, you get the cola or the cherry. You don't get anything else. You get the cola or the cherry. I didn't want the Mountain Dew Blast. Oh, of course not. Um, See? So I I took the lesser of two evils. No, when I go to Taco Bell, I get water. And you know how much I don't like water. Yeah, you... Yeah, I get water. The the only water I drink is is when I go to Taco Bell. No, when I go to Taco Bell, uh, if I want... I get three crunchy tacos, mm. easy on the meat, and then I get a steak taco without that without that avocado sauce on it, and then uh, I get a water. That's what I get. Mm. Too much, they put way too much meat on their tacos. It's all greasy. I used Said to work, no one ever. I used to work at Taco Bell, man. All right. Did you really? I did. I worked at Taco Bell. See, you appropriated everything. Yeah, man. I worked at Taco Bell. I know how they make their beans. It's just a big bag of dried bean pellets. They pour hot water on and instant uh, instant, instant beans? refried beans. That's yeah, about right. It's pretty yeah. gross. Um, but you got it. You can actually enjoy it. Like if you will. Tell yourself, force yourself, lead yourself to recognize the small gifts, right? The big gifts and the small. Man, that coffee that you like, like, listen, God gave you that to enjoy and to be thankful to him for. Mm -hmm. Like, these little things can actually lift your spirits. They can actually be a big, one small step in the journey towards climbing out of discouragement. Now, there's got to be a way that God uses this discouragement. Well, I didn't think there was until I saw Tommy Schmidt. Put up that post today. Did you see oh. that? Did you see that post by Tommy Schmidt? The Tommy Schmidt's? The Tommy Schmidt's from Naperville? Tommy Schmidt's is our jam. He is our jam! So Tom Schmidt is uh, the third church planter that we've sent out from Redeemer Fellowship. He is now, in, Joe, are you actually going to link to this article? Or I am are you, are going, you going to, to say link. you're going to link and then actually, not link? I will actually link to this article. All right, so guys, you're going to want to make sure you head to Tom's website. Oh, never mind. T T Schmidt. Good luck spelling that. Dot com slash blog slash three hyphen ways hyphen God hyphen uses hyphen discouragement hyphen four hyphen hour hyphen good. Hey, hey, Tommy Schmidt. Your your URL is not our jam. All right, I will. I promise, I will link to it. Uh, I was uh, like, I'm gonna beat Joe. Be funny. I'm gonna go ahead and just give the link. And I saw that. I'm like, yep, of course, no. You should have just gone with like a Thor blog because his middle name is Thor. Anyways, all right. So Tom, I, I, I just saw it today. It just popped up in Facebook. Tom is a pastor. He pastors uh, and has planted Cross of Christ Fellowship in Naperville, Illinois. Sweet congregation. Mm-hmm. Lovely Christians. Love the people there. Awesome. I'm going to go preach there uh, very soon, actually. We'll give you the dates in case you're in town. You want to see a cool church plant that is fresh and new and young and cool things are happening, um, especially when I'm there preaching. Uh, let's see. Tom put up this um, this post, and it's called Three Ways God Uses Discouragement for Our Good. It's Ooh. pretty good. So how does he start? Uh, he says, um, I've been following Christ for 18 years, and I can tell you this is a cycle I often see in my own life. Discouragement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, God is, And so here's his point that he wants to make. God is sovereign and kind, and he uses even discouragement and disappointment for our good. Romans 8, 28. Here are three ways God seems to use discouragement or disappointments in ministry and life for the good of a believer. Number one, I'll read mm. number one. God uses discouragements to refine our motives. God certainly has used discouragement in my life to refine my motives. I have stepped out in faith in so many initiatives that have not turned out the way I hoped they would. The disappointment I feel when things do not go the way I hope is usually a good indicator of where my heart is in a situation. I may have said that I wanted to do a thing out of love for God and love for my neighbor. But when I get grumpy and impatient or self-righteous when the thing does not go the way I hoped, it shows my heart was at least partly set elsewhere. A lot of times, I was more infatuated with the idea of serving in ministry than actually filled with a love for God 
and my neighbor. So when you are discouraged, it oftentimes exposes false motives uh, uh, and improper agendas. And God can use this time of discouragement to teach you where your hope and your heart should lie. I like that. Good word, Tom. Number two, God uses discouragement to teach us perseverance. Uh, Another way God uses discouraging results in life or ministry is to teach us perseverance. Sometimes we get excited about a ministry practice like prayer, but we give up when things do not change after a few days. Surely, God is often teaching us to persevere. Of course, there are times when need... There are times when need to use wisdom. Hey, Tom. Tom. Hey, Tommy. Tom. Tommy, you got to edit this stuff, man. Yeah. All right, go... Of course, of course, there are times when need to use wisdom and move on to a different method or approach in a situation. But I think we often give up too quickly on many a great and godly endeavor. Mm. Sometimes the right and godly thing to do is to be faithful, even when we don't see the change yeah. or results we want. And that's so good. that's that's what we've been talking about here is that that God will use that discouragement uh, to teach you to persevere, to trust, to lean into him, um, and to press into him for our hope and dependence. I like that. And then he says, number three, God uses our discouragements to lead us to hope in his power and not ourselves. He says, another way God seems to use discouragements is to make us rely on his power. If any attempt at a ministry endeavor fails, it can remind us of how powerless we really are. The right response is not despair. But to place our hope in God and not ourselves, we must lift our eyes to the one who has all power in the universe. I find, Tom says, I find that discouragement often shows how much confidence I have been putting in my own abilities and efforts to change a situation instead of prayerfully knowing that only God can change a person's heart. Mm. And that is a good word. God, here's the thing. Like, hey, Jimmy, you a little discouraged right now? Yep. A little bit? Yep. A little bit? A little bit. Um doesn't mean life is all bad. It doesn't mean, but it means like, yeah, at certain points of the day, at certain times, or sometimes just all night long, (laughs) um, it's hard to breathe and uh, we just feel lethargic or angry or bitter or whatever. But God is using, if you're a believer, God is using that discouragement for your good. You just got to ask yourself, am I willing to learn from God through this class? Like this, this class of discouragement, this master class. Yeah. It's a master class of discouragement. We should offer a master class. We should have a master class of discouragement. <laughs> <laughs> How much can we charge for that? Uh, well, I mean, it's not as good as Levitalites. Eva- Revitalites. Revitalites. Yeah. I'll, I'd probably do, uh, you know, 99 99 Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. But, I got to make it affordable for these discouraged people. Yeah. They're so discouraged. I don't want to spend money. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'd be like, I can't even afford that. I can't. It's too expensive. It's too much. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm in Eeyore. So, what? Eeyore. What's that? Eeyore oh, from Winnie the Pooh. He was always down, sad. I'd never watched Winnie the Pooh. Really? Never. No. No, you're lying. Homeboy doesn't wear pants. He wears a little shirt. So you do He wears know. a little half shirt. So you do and know. No, pants. no, I've seen it. I've never watched one yeah, episode Eeyore. or any movie with uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Eeyore was the best. No. And the most annoying. All I know is that Winnie the Pooh was half naked all the time. It was very inappropriate. And like there was some tiger named Trigger or something. No, that's Tigger. And, whatever, and he hops around. He's super, like he's, he's on drugs. I don't know. I didn't, I, I couldn't, I wasn't going to try. I was Eeyore would just that. be like, you know, thanks for noticing me. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I, feel like, like, I feel like that's you. Oh, so he was the pre-Caillou is what you're saying. Okay, so he was like the, <laughs> the another Canadian <laughs> abomination, Caillou. Caillou. Gosh, that was the worst, that guy. Hey, listen, we want to hear how discouraged you are. So oh. go ahead and send Jimmy all of your uh, discouraging tales no. at... No? Oh, no, oh, no. Okay. But we, how do you fight discouragement? That's what we really want to hear. Because we know that you're discouraged. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it? What scripture verses do you cling to that help you push through seasons of discouragement? Um, what are the tricks that you use, right? And by tricks, I don't mean you're cheating. I mean, like, what are the things that you use, the, the tools, yeah. the instruments, the means of grace? Your hacks. What are the things that you do? Your life hacks, your gospel hacks. What do you do uh, to persevere? We want to hear, Jimmy... How they're going to tell us what they're doing? Yeah, you could follow us online on Instagram or Twitter, Twitter at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Can't believe we got that Skittles Slurpee, dude! It's so, so great. Stupid. Hey, listen, while you're online, head on over to iTunes and leave us that honest five star review. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Mm-hmm.